He said, Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. For as I went through the city and looked carefully at the objects of your worship, I found among them an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. Acts chapter 17, verses 22 and 23. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Dowd. And I'm Stephanie Reed Meyer. And this is Off Script, a podcast where every week we take a deeper dive on last Sunday's sermon, talk about the theology behind it, and get a chance to discuss anything that ended up on the cutting room floor. This is week one of our Top of the Charts um, sermon series. Top of the Charts, by the way, also courtesy of our communications department. Yep. Uh, so, we are each week take talk, actually you and I are talking about different artists in our respective venues and uh, talking about the theology that we can find kind of in pop pop music for the most part. This coming week I've got a Christian artist. You don't right? You got no, your I'm sticking your with three girlfriends culture. from A and M. The high one. Not a thing. <laughs> Jk, that's a callback to a joke we made at the nine forty five service. <laughs> if you weren't there, <laughs> not getting it. <laughs> Anyway, I preached on uh, my favorite band, U2, and you preached on? Leon Bridges. Leon Bridges. Yep, who is a Fort Worth native. Fort Worth native. Yep. And how did it go in your place? It went well. Mason uh, sang the song, and I hadn't heard them rehearse. Take me to church? Not take me to church. Close. Hozier. Not Hozier. That is Hozier. That's Hozier. (laughs) You said it wrong the other day when you made this same exact joke. Uh, It's River is the song. River. Um. Take me, take me to the river. Take me down by to the riverside. River. Anyways, he so Mason, Mason rocked it. Did he rock it. He rocked it, but it is done with only a guitar and a tambourine and the vocals. So that was great. It was just like kind of cut back, and yeah. it was nice. Awesome. I was surprised, which I was also surprised by you too. So surprised, like in a, like pleasantly surprised. Yeah, by the choir. Yeah, yeah, but like in were- a good way. Surprised in both of these instances is good. Yeah. I was too. I wasn't sure. So when he, when Jason said he had a choral arrangement of uh, still haven't found what I'm looking for, the only one of those I've ever heard is the one on Rattle and Hum, which is like the full on gospel choir. And I'm like, mm, that's <laughs> not, a, that's not really appropriate. <laughs> but no, it was not that. It was not that, and it was awesome. So well, I guess we'll we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah. So the whole point of the sermon series is to kind of show that even in pop culture things, we can make this connection mm-hmm. to God and learn stuff. And it's not about like looking at songs like Hit Me Baby One More Time and making that about Jesus, right? Like it's looking for meaning in songs where it's not like a stretch to do so. Right, exactly. We're not, we're not reading a whole lot into it. Right. All right. What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> this is the sermon series we're talking about. And uh, let's talk about, we've already talked about music, so let's keep talking about it. What exactly is it about you 2 that you love so much? So you said that you got into it in high school and more so in college. Yeah. But like, what was the like draw? Was it like the type of music? Was it yeah, based you know, solely on lyrics? So I grew up all like on R&B and um, Motown. Okay. That's all I listened to until I got to high school. Like personally or like your family? No, like me personally. Like Prince was always my favorite artist. And yeah, so yeah. I, it, it was always either Purple Rain or I've got these albums on my head. Big Sign Man. of the Times. That, that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. That, it was that era, that 80s era. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, I mean, mom was a, my mom was a big Motown fan. So okay. 
I got into that pretty early on. So when I started listening to you too, I mean, that was something totally different. Like these, yeah. this, these, this Irish rock band was just not something like some of my friends were in the beastie boys or whatever. And this that's what I was going to ask yeah. beastie. Boy. So my uncle is like your age yeah. and I just remember beastie boys was really big beastie in his boys, life. Yeah. See, I'm a run DMC okay. guy, not a beastie boys yeah. guy. So mm-hmm. I, honestly, I didn't have that many white artists that I listened to. And so when, when YouTube became popular, um, it was the Joshua tree. I mean, I had heard like Sunday, bloody Sunday, right? but it never really spoken to me until I, until the Joshua tree came out and I had a buddy who was really into him. And we had this, there was a concert, I can't remember if it was a fundraiser for something, for something at school. I can't remember what organization at school, but if you sold a certain number of whatever this was, I can't, I can't even remember what the thing you were selling was, was but you got you two tickets. Stop. Yeah. In high school? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And so, and Brian Dillion was his name. He was obsessed with selling more than anybody else. We'd go to U2 and I'm like, what's the big deal about U2? So, so you sold more than him? No, 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 no. We, <laughs> did he win? He did. He won. Okay. He won. He went to the concert and he loved it. It was at RFK Stadium in DC. Brian and I were friends. We, were, we ran together on the cross country team. And so I thought, well, I mean, he likes it. So I'll give it a shot. And I just was totally captivated by that album. So the original version of uh, the Joshua Tree that came out opened with where the streets have no name. And then I think with or without you was number two. And then Stone found what I'm looking for. I mean, the whole album, it's just a classic. It's one of the top albums in rock history. So there was something about it that resonated with me. And so I listened to it a lot beginning like my end of my junior year and then all of my senior year in college, uh, high school. And then Rattle and Hum came out when I was at Notre Dame. And, and there's a, a very famous line where in the movie. Tell me about it. Where Bono says, so here we are, the Irish in America. And of course, all the Notre Dame students just lost their minds because, you know, we're obnoxious like that but that movie like it, it just it was the first kind of um deeply felt connection between okay. spirituality and music prince has some of that mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize that prince is pretty spiritual i tried to pick a prince song mm-hmm. for this series and i struggled because even the ones who there are some themes i was like yeah. oh i don't know the cross you've heard the cross yes i mean it's right the you know, he died suddenly yeah. and it, when i was in sherman and I, I mean, I had a real strong connection. You were to still Prince. in Sherman then? Uh-huh. Huh. He was in a New Girl episode, so I also had a strong connection to him. Really? Mm-hmm. What's the New Girl? Is it a show? Zoe Deschanel? Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so old. <laughs> okay, it's a show. Zoe, like from um, Elf? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're, yeah, maybe you should. Maybe New you should Girl look, is great. You should look in on that show, maybe. I think. All right. Just for Schmidt. We'll just book, it's short. We'll bookmark that. We'll yeah. come back to it. So anyway, the Sunday after he died, we played a, I played a clip of The Cross yeah. in modern. not Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> so then what I talked about in the, in the sermon, so I, I listened to him for 10 years. The, the, in my opinion, the greatest album I've ever heard is Octoon Baby, which is the one that came out when I was in college. Okay. My junior year in college. And um, I loved, gosh, I love that album start to finish. But um, I had, so I'd listened to them a lot and then I saw them live. And I, it, it what I swear to you, it was like going to church. Once you see a concert, a good concert live, it changes things. Especially with these songs that are just overtly religious, you know. Um, In Irish. Um, that didn't hurt. <laughs> what about like band members? Like did any of their like stories speak to you or did you like get deep into knowing that? Uh, yeah. I mean, so I, at this point I know more than I probably reasonably should about all the members of the band. <laughs> That's uh, embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> um, well... So, I mean, Whitney, I would, like, if there was one celebrity that I ever got to meet that I would be, like, speechless and kind of fanboy over, it would be Bono. I yeah. mean, hands down. Um, fun story, my one of my best friends in college, Mike Sullivan, the year I went to study 
in Russia. He did um, a semester in London. It was an option at Notre Dame. And they went. They took a trip to Ireland, and he went to their ban- their band their uh, bar in Dublin and met the band. Stop! Were you so jealous? And this is like in the early nineties. Crying in Russia. Well, <laughs> yeah, didn't meet any great artists in Russia, buddy. <laughs> we are. <laughs> and it was the Soviet Union at the time, so it was yeah. even worse. There are no your tears choice, in Russia. Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there's a whole there's a whole storyline there. Anyway. So, um, I've not missed a concert since, and um, they're just all, I just, I just, I love the band. I love the music. I love the, what they stand for. So, that's cool. I enjoyed hearing like the different artists you've seen and what you have liked throughout the years. Your antidote about <laughs> Willie Nelson outlasting you and Whitney was the best. Uh, it's so true. Have you ever seen, you've seen Willie in concert? I so, have not. Okay. So, Ashley has. Is it like kind of slow? No, my God. He rocks. <laughs> He is awesome. He has more energy than any human being will ever meet. He's a party and a half. He, it is awesome. And we saw him at Billy Bob's. So yeah, it's yeah. kind of a honky tonk yeah, yeah. setting anyway. Dance floor. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, I, I, I adore Willie Nelson. I listen to Willie a fair amount. But at that concert, man, he, he starts late, like at 10 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And listen, this is chemically assisted. There's no question about yeah. that. In his case. In our we case, know. In our case, not. Right? No. And so uh, he's got this thing to, <laughs> it's a running joke with Whitney and I. He sings Whiskey River. You yeah, were, yeah, yeah. Like, that's his like interlude. It's like he comes back to it over and over. Did he do it when you were in concert? I don't remember that, but I Whiskey River, I take my mind. And he starts and he and just he, sings and he it throughout. Yeah, like in the middle, <laughs> coming out of like sets. It, it's, it's like his thread it's his throughout thread. the concert. It, it is his thread. And, I love and, that. And like the fifth time, he's like, Whiskey River. So, it's a true story. It was the, it was the, <laughs> the first time we I'm saw dying. him. <laughs> the, the crowd goes crazy. We assumed that the show was over. So we're like standing ovations and he's like, well, I'd like to play a little bit more music for you. And I was like, oh my God. So really? He, People didn't keep River. cheering? Uh, well, they did, but you know, <laughs> okay. some of that was chemically assisted Okay, as well. so he did whiskey. Yeah, he's just sticking his hand up in, in the air and we're like, we got to go. I'm tired. It's a long drive back to Dallas. So. <laughs> it's a long concert. It's so long. Uh, I mean, starting late is part of it. I feel like at his age, he should be doing more of a four or five o'clock show. And that dude turned 89. I cannot believe He's that. When so you said great. that, I looked at Mike Flynn and I was like, is he joking? <laughs> and Mike was like, sounds right. <laughs> yeah, no, his birthday was Friday. That's crazy. Uh, so I feel like we have so much fun talking about music because it we can connect with it, right? And I think that is true of all people. Jake is someone who, like, he doesn't know any artist in the world <laughs> except Weird Al. Um, and that is it. So, like, if we play a song, he's like, I've never heard this. Or I don't know who this is. Or what gener- – you know, there are people like that. But still, he likes music. Like, it yeah. speaks to even him. So what do you think it is about music that draws people in? With the massive exception of Weird Al. <laughs> so my one, my one of my best friends is a huge Weird Al fan. So I'm there like, are others like Jake I'm out like, there. And he's he's got sophisticated musical taste, but he still loves Weird Al. I'm like, what on earth Jake are you doing? Jake thinks he's a genius. My God, that's what Jeff says too. I'm like, uh, no, no, I don't believe you. Weird I refuse Al to accept. And the, and the Adam Sandler comedy song albums were like my father's <laughs> bread and butter, and he also has great taste in music. But I've never Jake does not have good so, taste, so I just judge him. Massive blind spot based on like this. The Lunch Lady Land song. <laughs> Can I tell you how many times I've heard this song? I don't know any of these oh, things. Man. I don't know. Has Weird Al covered any U2 songs? Hopefully not. Surely he has. Do you know how many albums that man has? Jake like had his movie. There's a movie. UHF or VHF. I don't even know. Okay. Anyway. Lord have mercy. With the exception of that, what is it about music that draws us in? 
Uh, you know, I, that's a really good question. I think, I think it connects with us emotionally and spiritually in a way that just words can't. Uh, but so seriously, St. Augustine said, when we sing, we pray twice. Hmm. And I think that's true. I think there's a, there's like a, a, an extra connection that we have with great music. Yeah. I feel like we easily could have gone that direction with a music series is like, what is it about music that oh, kind of yeah. connects us? Oh, yeah. I mean, that may even come up. Yeah. 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 You already quoted him once, right? Yeah. This series. So if you could do so every sermon. That, That's your that, new challenge. That could be the thread. That You're could be welcome. my whiskey river. St. Augustine is my whiskey river. <laughs> oh my gosh. That just shows how different you and Willie really are. <laughs> Not like we didn't already know that. So he, I mean, the quote that I. So, I thought you were going not, back not to Willie. Willie. Not Willie. I love Willie. He's very quotable. But the other, the thing that I did quote from Augustine is our, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. Yeah. And I think that's true. I think that's part of the theme of the song we went, we went through, you know, went with for this weekend or that I went with for this weekend. Uh, still, about what I'm looking for is about that kind of yearning. Yeah. No, I like that. Um, so you began with an axe. A story from Acts, and you actually read it, I think, at the beginning of this yeah. podcast. And it really hits home, like, what we're doing with the series. How – is this always what you've kind of had in mind as, like, the focus of it? Yeah. So I'm going to preach on that particular text at the end of the series. Stop. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. this is a spoiler. We yeah. won't get too far in. Um, so the – well, and that, that last song in the series is Everything Has Changed. Yeah. And the Taylor, idea – Taylor and Ed. And uh, the idea there is that uh, – once, once we have a relationship with God, everything really does change. Like it just changes the way we look at the world. So maybe a little bit of a stretch with that song, but keep uh, going. Yeah, maybe <laughs> the words, the words, yeah, the words work, work for sure. <laughs> I haven't listened to it in a while. You should listen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll check it out. Do I need to change the song? No, <laughs> I'm excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, that's your Beyonce week. Yeah, that's but the song is the called sing- Spirit. <laughs> It's not a stretch at all for me. <laughs> so, so what are we talking about? This act story that you're also doing in the last <laughs> oh, yeah. week. So Paul goes to the – when he goes to Athens, he goes to a place called the Areopagus. And that was like a public meeting place or kind of public debate place, kind of public forum. And he says, I've been walking around your city and you have an altar to an unknown God. And what I'm telling you is the unknown God that you were already praying to is the one I'm proclaiming to you. And he's the only God. And so he's he's using pop culture. Well, you know, I, I mean, it's a little bit of an anachronism to call it pop culture, Correct. but but I mean, same. It's the same principle. It's something current they and relevant. Know. Yeah, yeah. Something yeah. they know. No, no, no. To relate to them, something they don't. And I think that I mean, I, I think in a sense, preachers, good preachers, relevant preachers, have been doing that ever since, right? Looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> he like made a face at me, like, oh, maybe you don't. Well, I mean, I don't want to be super super judgy about that, but I think that's in every era. That's what the that's what preachers try to do is connect connect people to the gospel. Not in an esoteric way. I mean, there was a time when that was true, but in a way that's that they can people can relate to. So, I think it's very creative of Paul to do that. You know, it means that he's yeah. meeting the people where they are. Yeah, yeah, and he did it elsewhere, goal. right? I yeah, mean, yeah, he yeah. Talked, he talked about running the race, and I mean, talked about he, he used athletic imagery a lot. Right, and I guess I just never really put that together. I've read that story, and I'm just like, oh, you know, he does this, but it is powerful. Well, I totally, yeah, I think it is. So I appreciate that. Your actual meat of the sermon is actually another story mm-hmm. in Acts, and mm-hmm. that's with Philip and the Ethiopian royal official. Yes. And you uh, kind of connect <laughs> it to provenient grace. Yeah. <laughs> Tell I us do. a little bit more about yeah, that. Yeah. So 
This was also a communion Sunday, so our sermons were a little shorter. It had to be a little shorter. Yeah. Chapter 8 in Acts. The text was uh, Acts 8, 26 to 40. And it's usually referred to as the story of the Ethiopian eunuch. You didn't Mm. mention that much. (laughs) I mean, I read it. I had to read it. But uh, (laughs) What if you just beeped it out? But it's replaced and everyone's words. watching. <laughs> they just he keeps skipping that word. So what ended up on the cutting room floor because I didn't feel like you know a lot of eunuch talk was <laughs> relevant for people. But I mean mm, that doesn't know necessarily- your audience. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't necessarily mean biologically eunuch. Like it could have been a title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's unclear for really. sure. So anyway, but we but that's the word in Greek. So anyway, the story is that. This not just Ethiopian eunuch, but it says that he is a senior official in, in the queen's court, like running the finances, basically, yeah, treasurer, like secretary. a big deal, yeah, a big deal. And it says that he went to Jerusalem to worship, which is totally random. And so, I mean, tell us more about would have been random. Like it didn't, it didn't say that he was had any kind of connection to Judaism. Right. It didn't tell us he was going to the temple. It just said he was going to Jerusalem to worship. And he's no more Ethiopian. He's so Ethiopian. Like, okay. In terms of anthropology, this would be the first recording of a black Christian, if we assume yeah, yeah, that yeah. race matches history here. And I left that out too, because that's a whole no. But this is important if people don't know this context, right? So he goes from Ethiopia, where the church has always been strong, by the way. Yeah, uh, I mean, since this moment, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? Not not before this moment, <laughs> but he goes to to Jerusalem and. He can't possibly know what he was trying to do there. And he's and he, on his way back from Jerusalem, he's reading a text that he didn't understand. Right. And what draws him there? I just want to know so much more. I, well, so I mean, the Holy I mean, Spirit. God does. No, right. no. I mean, that's the point. That's yeah, yeah, the point. Yeah. That, right. Because that Acts is a, is a book about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So the Holy, so provenient grace draws him to Jerusalem. And then this yearning that he's got to know something more about this God that he senses but doesn't really know. Um, leads him to make the journey to begin with, and it leads the Holy Spirit to deliver Philip to him to interpret the scriptures. And there's a really great exchange where he says, hey, do you understand what you're reading? He's like, how can I unless somebody explains it to me? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That is actually how the Bible works. <laughs> right. So um, Philip explains to him, interprets an Old Testament scripture to tell him about Jesus because, and this kind of blows Once again. Mind, there was no New Testament mm-hmm. at this point, right? When they said the Bible, they were talking about the Old Testament. The what? Greek translation of the Old Testament, actually. What? And this official, this Ethiopian official is like, well, what's to keep me from getting baptized? And Philip, which is another funny thing because he suggests it. It's not Philip's idea, yeah. right? Where does he know this? How, How does, does he, he know? Exactly, exactly. Know. So he's like, well, what's to, keep, what's to keep me from getting baptized? And so Philip says, hey, great idea. So they, 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 they <laughs> I baptize I should have thought of that. I should have thought of that. That's probably exactly what Philip thought. That's me in every moment where someone else is like, should we pray? And I'm like, oh, oh yes. Yep, that's a great idea. I am qualified for that. <laughs> and then it says, when they come out of the water, Philip disappears. <laughs> was he even Crazy there? Crazy story. Crazy was story. he even there? He was definitely there. <laughs> and then he's gone. It wasn't a manifestation of him? I don't think so. Who knows? Miracles throughout. So, what, so, I, talk, so I use that story to talk about kind of spiritual yearning, which for me, and certainly in our Methodist tradition, is about provenient grace. And the point there is a, is a multi-layered point. <laughs> like, because in fact, I got emails from people because I said in the sermon, chances are there's somebody here today, yeah. either online or in person, who's feeling that something is missing. 
And what I'm telling you is through our Methodist lens, that's God. <laughs> that's God talking to you. Oh, it's not God. That's missing. <laughs> you may not realize it, but that's God yeah. who is calling to your spirit. God's spirit calling to your spirit. That's prevenient grace. Right. And everyone else here, it's our job <laughs> to help people interpret that. Right. Like we're called to be Philip or Paul, as the case may be. Yeah, yeah. And to nurture and encourage and empower that. And they're at the meta level, like these kinds of sermons are one of the ways that we do that. It's our opportunity, uh, right? hundred percent. And I can't even tell you, I, I wasn't sure, you know, not everybody loves all the pop culture stuff. Yep. There was some grumbling about Encanto on Easter. You don't say. What? You don't listen to our podcast from last week. <laughs> <laughs> if that was you. <laughs> but I mean, this is what we're called to do. So the the conversations after these kind of sermons are always fun. Yeah, yeah. So people have like reached out and been like, "Hey, I would yes. love some guidance. I would love some." Hundred percent. Yeah. I got a great email. Said no names. No, of course, no names. <laughs> My wife's been really active. I happen to come to church today. I've got to talk to you. <laughs> so cool. Like I that's mean, an invitation. It's you know awesome. what I mean? It's yeah. awesome. And for people like that to feel brave enough to reach out. Hundred percent. Because that's, I think that is where we are limited. But you know what gives them that? The Holy Spirit, the I would Holy say. Spirit, Sometimes Beyonce sings a song about like spirit. That, it's all the single ladies. And that is, <laughs> that's prevenient grace. In a nutshell, I mean, it's just a beautiful illustration of prevenient grace, in my opinion. No, it's great. Because I feel like growing up in the Methodist church, I was always taught prevenient grace in many forms. But mostly that it was there before I was even born. Like a very early example of it right. as opposed to being older or being like this man not even of the faith mm -hmm. and having this experience of being able to say oh that's what that was so i think knowing that prevenient grace yeah. continues throughout our life 100%. and pursues us 100 percent. i love it so okay we've talked a lot about you too so what'd you do with bow bridges or leon bridges oh the respect here <laughs> i'm gonna turn in my credentials <laughs> For the podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, you're, you're off your card. Uh, Leon Bridges, uh, yeah. River. Yeah, yeah. We are going, we're using Romans throughout, which you're using oh. Romans, but we're doing it every week. Just, it's helpful for me to have like, to get deeper in so I can kind of, anyways, personal decision on my part. Um, and so we talked about just this need to be made new. Mm -hmm. um, and so it is. R Romans. So we were in Romans 3, which is where. Uh, Paul says everyone sins yeah, and falls short of the glory, right? Which can be taken, a, it can be preached Ooh, in not great ways. Very Baptist. -y. I like to think that I did not preach it that way. I'm guessing you didn't. Uh, but instead, I talked about how Paul's mission to this community at Rome was to unite the Jewish people and the Gentile Gentile peoples, and to see that yes, you have different doctrines, you think these different things, but still, we all have this need to be made new. We can, regardless of how it happens, the those who came from Judaism really want to continue following the laws and stuff. And the Gentiles are like, wait, we didn't think we had to follow all yep. of these laws. Um, and so finding out that they have this commonality, that they are all imperfect people mm. in need of God's grace. So the Leon Bridges song is overtly spiritual? Or no, it's it, intentionally it's spiritual. Intentionally, yeah. yeah um, and... I was going to reference the music video. He did a really great music video. It was actually nominated for a Grammy. I don't know if it won, but it is about racism and huh. black men. Oh, interesting. What's the river then? 
So he literally means river, like being baptized. Okay. Being coming okay. in. I'm okay. unclean. Yeah. I'm not worthy. Huh. I need this. Wow. Um, and so he grew up in a very conservative spiritual home. It, I believe he was born in Atlanta, then came to Fort Worth. But so even as his music has evolved throughout the past few years, his I went to his concert in 2016, and that's like right when his new album, his first album released. So he has not been around long. Mm-hmm. But even so, I think he has three albums now. And in each of them, he um, was in this interview, and he talks about how he struggled about how his community will perceive whatever music mm. he produces. Mm. Um, and so he's he's felt pressure because mm. he's like, can I talk about this love thing, even though I've never even really had a relationship? Mm. But like, is it not churchy enough to talk about love? So he's kind of going through his own, mm. how can I be relevant in society without pushing away the people that I love and are dear to me mm. um, and still embracing both of these callings, this mm. calling into the secular world and this calling I have that draws me to God too. Hmm. So you find spirituality laced through all his stuff, hmm. but he has this cool feel. You've never heard a song. I've heard the river. I've heard the river. So, the river. What's the song? What's the song? It's called river. river yeah. Um, so all of his songs are pretty gospely and old schooly. Like it sounds like you're hmm. listening to someone from like the sixties, hmm. um, which is cool. And I find that very interesting, hmm. like making that modern. I like those yeah. kind of shifts. So yeah, nice. Very good. What else? That's a great. Oh, question. the choir. Yeah. 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 Because I was not expecting it to be that, right? Because you thought it was going to be rattle and hum like. You were fearful yeah, that it I could have it been that in a little appropriation. A little, okay. Well, or it would be like just kind of a saccharine, just choir regular, just singing it. So, but that's not what it all, was at all. The choir did a cappella. They did like the which that does not mean with no music. Like they literally were like, psh, 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 yeah. Psh. Yeah, and when they started that, I'm like, whoa, what's that? And then Brian, of course, started the lead vocals. Right. And then McKenna and two of our youth. So cool. Sophia and Allie. Yeah. Did the the kind of... Backup singers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was so, so good. Because what happened, 845 service, Julia plays the note on the organ. And I'm like, okay, this will be fine. This will be fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's an organ song. It's an organ rendition. I I swear to you, I thought it was just going to be straight choir rendition. And, it was, and then she never played another note. She didn't play another note, and they just they took off with it, and it was terrific. It was so fun. I uh, so Rick Reinecker. I had an opportunity to be with him last week, and at that, he was sharing how like exciting it was for the choir to yeah. be able to do this. He was like, "I don't know if we could do this." He was like, "It was so much fun," and people just kept coming up to us telling us how good it was. Yeah. So like, it really also gave the choir an opportunity to do something new, yeah, and to hear from the congregation about <laughs> how much we appreciate you and how much we love yeah, what yeah, you yeah. did. Which was really cool. And there's a rest of the story on Rick. He, he <laughs> I does, can't wait. We didn't does, plan this. Hey, he, Rick. <laughs> he does the morning prayers before they come out. Okay. And he incorporated the theme from the song in the prayer, including the specific lyrics that I quoted in the sermon. And he didn't know that. He didn't know you that. didn't send him your no manuscript idea. before? Uh-uh. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. He, so he sent me the prayer afterwards. And it, it was like he literally quoted the part of that song that's the most meaningful to me. Isn't that awesome? That's so cool. Yeah. I love it. Okay, so we're kind of back on you two. We you talked a lot about spiritual yearning, mm-hmm. and we talked about people. You got emails clearly that people yeah. are doing that. So if someone's listening and maybe they don't want to email or whatever, what are some like practical ways people can really dig deep into not being embarrassed of their spiritual yearning for mm-hmm. one? Because I think that is something we don't want to admit 
we don't have it all figured out. I know a lot of pastors right now who are leaving church because they felt like they were lying because they were just going through the Mm. motions for a long Mm. time and they didn't have any safe space to say, Mm. this is what I'm feeling. And so I'm wondering if the everyday person, if pastors are feeling that the everyday person to an extent also, some may have this yearning, like what can they do? Not to fix it, but to continue on the journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's uh, this. This is not a problem. No, <laughs> right? I mean, we this, invite this. this. Right. We encourage yeah, this. This. Is, this is the. This is part of the deal. Yeah. Because I. I mean, it's not like. Listen, when Bono sings, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. This is a deeply faithful man who's singing this. Right. Like this is, he. I, there's a whole backstory to the band about their evangelical background. That's and I just saw Don actually sent me a pretty cool clip of uh, Bono doing. You turned Don into a YouTube fan. Ah, uh, well, I need I, to hear more about I, this. Probably not exactly, but <laughs> but Bono did a whole thing with um, a professor at Fuller. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, on the Psalms, you know Bono. So I didn't. Did really, you know that? Uh, I did not. Okay. Well, look at Don, so it's, hip, and it's new. I mean, it's it's brand new. So Bono, when he was fourteen years old, his grandfather died. His mother's father, at his, at his graveside, she had an aneurysm and died. And so Bono, yeah, so he Can lost these two fingers. you imagine? And so, and he's got a real kind of tortured relationship with his father, complicated relationship with his father, tortured at one point. Who's now deceased. A lot, it's a lot, subject to a lot of his songs. That started this kind of season of, like, of fear of death. Hmm. And he, he talked about going to Jerusalem. And I think this is after he was already famous. Because he got some private time at Golgotha. Which is, you know, it's hard to get private time in those I'm, sites. Right. But he said, I was, I had a chance to stand by myself at the place death died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of spiritual death this guy has. So yeah. when he sings that part that always chokes me up that I'm not going to say because it'll choke me up. Mm-hmm. That's what this podcast is. A place for Chris to cry. <laughs> right. It is therapy. It's my safe will. space. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's it's from somebody who takes his faith very very seriously, and if I mean I honestly think it's unhealthy if you're just convinced all the time. Yeah, it's that old Anne Lamott thing. The opposite of the opposite of doubt is not faith. The opposite of doubt is certainty. Is that the way she says? Yeah, that? I think that's right. No, no. The opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is certainty. certainty. That's it. That's it. That's it. I mean, that's what I thought you said. If we ever get to a place where we're convinced we got figured out all the time. Well, the gospels have something to say about that too. Right. And Jesus criticizes those kind of people. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the people in our pews don't always know that they think they are expected to have it all figured out or yeah. Or they think the church has it all figured out and we're here yeah, to tell yeah, them. Yeah. Right. And I don't think that's a reflection of on us. No, I think no, no. we can just always continue right. to do better at right. inviting I mean, people into hard discussions. The concept of assurance is an, is a very important theological concept mm. for Wesley. Yeah. But that means assurance of our of God's love for us. It doesn't mean assurance that we're right all the time. Right, because John Wesley was not. Spoiler alert. Uh, J-Dub had his, you know. J-Dub he, he had, had his... some ditches. <laughs> that's what we always called him in confirmation. I love that you also call him J-Dub. That's what the, that's what the cool kids call him. You know. I didn't realize you were a part of that, but welcome. Well, see. Yeah. So, so yeah. it's being honest and acknowledging. Yeah, and I think, so what do you do with that? I think... I mean, I think being, I mean, the whole, <laughs> going back to the roots of our Methodist movement, being in community with, pe- community with people that you can share that journey with is really, really important. Right. Because it's the Lone Ranger stuff that gets you in spiritual despair. 
So if you're not comfortable reaching out to a pastor, and I, to, I, I understand why people would not be. Certainly, that's, I mean, that's the whole role of small groups and Sunday school classes and spiritual friends is so that you can walk through that together. I love it. Anything else you left on the cutting room floor for this sermon? No, that's, that was about, I mean, well, <laughs> about you too. I could have done two more hours. Does Bono have like a biography that you've oh, read? Yeah, yeah. I have multiple does. books on the shelf, yeah. When I was at Arapahoe, we did this thing called the Gospel According to You Too. So George W. Bush and Bono have plenty that they disagree about. Yeah, yeah. But they share a, a deep concern about poverty and AIDS in Africa. Laura Bush, same way. Yeah, yeah. So they developed a very strong friendship over that common project, uh, interest, yeah. whatever. And so W invited Bono to speak at the prayer bre- breakfast one year. And that speech is phenomenal. And so we cut, we took that and we cut the Bono speech into music videos, into a bunch of spoken stuff and then songs. Um, believe it or not, I was the lead singer of the band. And we had a female vocalist who has a phenomenal voice who could kind of cover for me on the, some stuff. And we did, it was a two hour program. And, and we always took up our collection for uh, like the red, uh, whatever yeah, we were yeah, doing. Red. And then we ended with the Eucharist. And we did that like five or six times at Arapahoe. Eucharist, yeah, yeah. That was a thing back in the, in the, two, in the 2000s. Like, like seriously? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a whole liturgy. It was an Episcopal thing. Like it was, it was. Yes, it was a service of Holy Communion with the music of Is this like the Church of SpongeBob? No. No. There is no comparison there. Anyway, I mean, that was a two-hour program just on... How many times did y'all do that? A bunch of times, and we did it in Henrietta. Wow. And then my co-lead singer, she moved to Colorado, so it didn't make sense. But but several people at Christ had gone to that Uh and knew me before I got here. Based oh, on that, you're the YouTube guy. I'm the YouTube guy, and they've and I've gotten asked to do it here. Oh, that is so funny. Long time ago, at least we needed a whole George Street thing. No, here. no, not Garth George Brooks. Street. Garth Brooks, yeah. Country she did, music, she did country music, too. country music. There's Hold a on, massive difference between so. you and George Strait. <laughs> George Strait and Garth Brooks. Same no. phase of my That's life. That's like saying you two and SpongeBob. The same Very phase of my life. Different. Okay, hold on, pause. So. Inquiring minds after our podcast last week were like, you didn't ask Chris about singing The Greatest Showman. You didn't ask more about that. And so now since you have for a second time admitted that you sing aloud, uh, tell us more about this passion of yours. (laughs) And if we could interest you in the choir here at Christ United. (laughs) I overcame my fear of singing in front of crowds shortly after I heard a call to ministry. Hymns I don't do great on because like they're always in a key that I can't find, right. and then and then I wander. And I'm not good enough musician to do that. But if it's like singing, you know, singing for children's time, the yeah. U2 stuff, which I just know really well, and it's got you know you got a big band, everybody knows it, everybody singing. Right. And then from now on was the one from, um, and that's kind of a like I, you don't you don't have to be what's the guy's name? It's Hugh Jackman. Yeah. And you know, if you listen to the recording, you like can't hear him. I will like blast right. it at right. the beginning yes, of those. Yes, yes, and yes. I'm like, why is he whispering? Right. Why is he whispering? Yes. Who edited this? So that's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I have sang once or twice in a sermon and I don't feel comfortable so anytime one, I do it. The Greatest Showman one was on, it was on Easter Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was that, like that song. I mean, the whole point of the, the sermon was from now on, everything's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And I love that. God, I love that song. And the, the whole it's number so at the end of the movie is fantastic. So we had a guy in Modern on Easter that year mm-hmm. sing it. 
too. Yeah, awesome. It was like a lay person, like nobody knew could sing or do anything. And he just got up there and then started singing. It That's was awesome. It was really cool. Although at the beginning, his mic didn't work. So it was a little Hugh Jackman-y <laughs> as they had to restart it. But still, like I remember it. So that stuff sits with people. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. If other pastors are listening, y'all should all sing during your sermons. <laughs> yeah. You have to use that sparingly. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but every once in a while it can be effective. Yeah, all right. I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. All right. So this coming week is Mother's Day. Mother's Day. How are you being celebrated for Mother's Day? Hmm. It's a great question. Weird Al concert. <laughs> if only I were so lucky. <laughs> JK. Uh, so we're kind of celebrating like Jake's mom and my mom, and then we'll probably just hang out and do something simple. Right. Because uh, we already have two dinners for like each of those. Okay. It's just a Good. whole thing. Mother's Day is just a hard thing sometimes too, depending on the season of life. So sure. I got a little card from Miles from his preschool. And so like that's <laughs> enough for me. Like I am happy and appreciated. What about y'all? You're going to uh, cook have, dinner in your new kitchen? Uh, yeah, kitchen won't be t- entirely ready. So <laughs> we're, we're going to do, we'll, we'll uh, we smoke a tenderloin. That's my, that's okay. my standard uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's a particular type of cake she likes. Cool. It'll yeah. be a fun weekend. So so this weekend, it's the High Women. For the sure. High Women. I keep jo- joking with you about that. But it's a real band. And, They're a legit country artist. Okay. Okay, I like it. Here we are. And I'm doing Stephanie Grutzinger. And Paris is going to be in our yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mason is singing the high women. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's... Well, by Kenzie, is she going to be with uh, Yeah, I think she's going to do backup. He just has a little more time to <laughs> focus on that. <laughs> awesome. All right, so we had a little fun with this podcast. A little. <laughs> today, y'all. Appreciate you spending time with us. We'll be back next week with another episode of Offscript. God bless. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Offscript. It was hosted by Reverend Chris Dowd, produced by Ashley Danner as a part of the Christ United Podcast Ministries. You can visit cumc.com backslash podcasts in order to see all of the series we have available. Like, subscribe, and follow us so that you don't miss a single episode. Thank you for supporting us. Have a great week.